I'm sure a lot of you out there, when, you, when things go really well, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. The devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, that's alive, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks. And uh, this was one of iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man because th that's how we that's how we get better. That's how we build up. That's how we you know end the stigma of what's surrounding mental health, men's mental health, and you know it's just that's why we do this. Well, it only took. Um, an hour and a half and uh, five people uh, yeah. and um, some little outside of the box thinking, but we've finally figured it out and we're here and I'm Dan and, and I'm Brady and Brady's actually on Skype. Brady's back. Yeah. Brady's back and Brady's actually on Skype. Uh, we had some technical difficulties that we couldn't really, um, get around like we didn't really we couldn't really figure out how to do it um basically what was going on is um the restream wouldn't work on a apple product and we couldn't figure out really why nothing works on apple <laughs> so we ended up kind of actually my wife was the one that came up with the idea was uh about share uh sharing your screen and it dawned on me that you can share your screen on Restream and this would have taken care of all of our issues if I had just thought about it for the an beginning. hour ago. Yeah, an hour yep. ago. But as you can see, that so was the new. Can they see me? Uh, yeah, they can see you. I'm sharing my screen so they can see you. You're just a little bit smaller. You're just a small, small boy, and they can see. I haven't, I haven't heard that in a very long time. Yeah, it's not pretty. I mean, but you know, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> um, not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> so it is a little bit different. Um, uh, I don't know if we'll get booted off Twitch or not because we're using Skype. I don't know how they feel about that stuff. Um, I don't care per se if I, I think we should just hug it out yeah if we get booted we get booted it's not a big deal it is what it is um sorry for all of you that have reached out when we we're in the process of doing this um some of you reached out were asking about us being live and we weren't live yet uh obviously because of um you know technical difficulties and <laughs> well, like i said i blame dan why do you blame me i don't know well, like i said i, I always i always blame you I didn't mean to do that. How about that? No, how about this? No, whatever. That works. Okay. Yeah, I know. So uh, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks. Um, good to be back. You know, I, I, I've had a lot of stuff going on, you know, work-wise and stuff like that. So it's been, I'm actually, uh, uh, I guess, on assignment, as, as you would say. Um, I'm, I'm actually sitting in the hotel room. Uh, recording this with you uh, this weekend. I, I wasn't going to miss this episode for any amount of money. Um, I'm 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 excited to uh, to move forward with this episode, and and we have we do have a guest here. Uh, but really quick, Dan, how how have you been the last couple of weeks since we since you you recorded last with Chris? Yeah, uh, the Chris episode went really well. Um, Chris had been kind of he's he had been going through it with work and i felt yeah. like that was a per this was a perfect opportunity to have him come on um i don't think i i feel like maybe we didn't get where we didn't get the conversation to where he wanted it to be because i think he had a lot more personal stuff that he wanted to talk about but he did a really really good job 
of um he did a really really good job of actually i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do the chat overlay um he did a really good job of making sure that he didn't put people in the in his workplace on the spot and i think by well, him, yeah, yeah. You never want to do that. and i think by him doing that it allowed him to say a little more than he wanted to say even though i know there was people that were watching that were um you know that he worked with and stuff like that or maybe they listened to it but uh he kept it professional and i think there was more Good. i think there was more personal or like personally that he wanted to like get off his chest but maybe we just didn't get there but i know that yeah. um you know he's just he, chris is always welcome yeah and he's just been kind of going through it a little bit but i think it was a really good episode and i'm hoping that uh whatever he did get off his chest helps him in the end um he was actually mm. here for um uh daughter's birthday which was saturday yeah. right she turned the big I, one i wish i could have been <laughs> she turned the big one so he actually ended up um talking to actually our guest her husband who's also a teacher uh they were talking for a while about some stuff and um, we have a couple other friends who are teachers and I think they all kind of had like a teacher powwow and, and, uh, kind of awesome. got some stuff off the chest, which is kind of funny too, is that they're all kind of going through the same issues. It does. So it really doesn't matter like what state, what County you're in. They're all going through kind of the same thing when it comes to the, like to the schools. But, um, yeah, I mean, we said we were going to try to get Chris back on soon and we did. And obviously we got to keep getting let's, him. let's get him back. Yeah, on. We got to keep getting it back on. Uh, I know you and I have a lot of things going on work wise. You have a lot of things going on work wise, things we can't talk about per se, but we do. Yeah. We do talk off air. We do talk a lot um, during the day as we work to for the same company, not together, but I guess you could say, but yeah, I will be seeing you in two weeks. Yeah, that's gonna be that's awesome. gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. I'm, no, I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to that. I really am. I, it's been it's been too long since I've seen you since the wedding. Um, yeah, I mean, well, FaceTime. It, FaceTime. Well, yeah. I mean, we we get to we get to do this together, which honestly is a blessing. Yeah. It really is. Um, not only is this as as we've said before, you know, this isn't just you know, as as selfish as it sounds, this isn't just for everybody. It's also for us. Yeah. It's very very therapeutic for both of us and and you know i really needed to get on and record too um if i wasn't going to be invited to this which honestly given all the circumstances you know i wouldn't have been surprised if i wasn't um but um i was probably going to record a little mini sode of just me <laughs> ranting um it's just been emotionally it's been hard traveling yeah um I will. I by the end of by the end of this week, this coming week, um, mm. I will be. I will have been away from home um, for six out of seven weeks. Mm. And let me t let me tell you something. That is when you're as focused on your family as you are, as I am, or you are, or you know, it's it's a it's a whole different level of difficulty. And and emotionally, you have to be. A lot, a lot stronger than I am <laughs> no. to, to be able to, to be able to handle it as, as uh, you know, on any kind of consistent basis. But, um, but you've handled it gracefully. You know, I, you've handled it gracefully no. and professionally. Yeah, stepping on a rake every. I mean, uh, honestly, you know, I don't. I, and, and this is the this is the avenue that I have to to be able to express this. Is you know, I've, I mean, I I break down every two, every two or three days, Dan. I know. I miss everybody. I know you do. Uh, I know you do. 
And and I talk, oh man, I video call with my family. I mean, probably to the point of irritation with my wife because it's just. <laughs> uh, from what I, I can tell, it doesn't take much. Uh, hi. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, that's what we do. No, that's how you, that's, are you really a husband if you're not uh, irritating your. Antagonizing your wife? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. That's part of, that's part of the fun of being. It's husband. in the contract. Exactly. It is. It is. It's the fine print in the, in the vows. Um, but. But no, it's been it, it's been interesting because I've never had a job that I had to travel for. But at the same time, you know, I've I've said it before. You know, it you 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 do the traveling and you do the work to support and 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 take care of the family that you're not around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it just kind of adds to it and compounds. It's hard. Yeah, it is. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and uh, I'll be back on the road. Like we already said, I'll be seeing you in two weeks, so I'll be back on the road. This yeah. is a different opportunity for me. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, I know, it, I know that it's not easy uh, for my wife because you know she works full time from home. She's taking care of the baby. She's taking care of the dog. She's trying to take care of herself. Like I, I know it's not. I know it's not easy. I know it's hard. And um, I'm very, I'm very grateful for everything that she has done. I'm very grateful for everything that she has put up with when it comes to me and it comes to work and, you know, stuff. And I, if it wasn't for her, like when I told her about this, she was like, no, you should go like, you should do this. And even when it comes like with work and when it comes to the podcast, she's always been supportive. And I don't know if I would have made it as far as I have now without her always being in my corner when it comes to this. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm shout very, out to our wives, yeah, our better halves. Yeah. And um, and speaking of, uh, I guess I don't really know how to start this because this is well. I mean, I hope you do. I don't. I'm, I really don't. And I've been thinking about it. And you know, I think like we like I, in the post where I said the best way to do it would be to allow her to tell her story. Um, I think that's the yeah. best way to do this is, is to allow her to kind of like start everything. Um, so our special guest today, we've touched on it a little bit, um, is the, is the, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. She's essentially my, she's a dear family. Friend. She's a, essentially my adopted sister-in-law who, um, was dating my brother at the time. And I, they were kind of like, I guess you could say, um, she's going to correct me anyways, and it's fine. But uh, on and off for eight years, I guess you could say. Um, and she she has some stories you know she obviously she's going to tell her own story but she's got she's got some stories and we talk about matt on and off um at random times and you know it could be just a random text like hey like you know i really miss matt or it could be me texting her like you know what like fuck him you know like i'm that's all just you know like fuck him and then she'll you know say something uh cheerful and enduring and i'm like no i want to be pissed off right now like don't you dare make me try to feel better but uh you know it'll be like that or we'll go into long in-depth conversations about stuff and it seems like every time that we talk there are more and more layers that get pulled back not only about the days leading up to you know him passing but like things that he was going through the person that he was 
Um, there's like just more and more about him that I find out that I never knew about. Um, and this is, uh, like we said before, this is a conversation 11 years in the making. Um, yesterday was, uh, and, and it, it adds to it because I mean, you were just about to bring it yeah, up. Yeah. Yesterday was, would mark 11 years, um, that, uh, since my brother's passed and, I don't really say much about it, like leading up to the day anymore. Um, I mean, I don't really talk about it that much in general. I mean, and when I do, I kind of like vomit about it, <laughs> but I don't, yeah. I don't talk about it very much. And this is going to be one of those where I think everything that needs to be said or should be said is going to finally be said. And it's kind of like that closure we used to talk about like early on when we first started, where I think you asked me that question about like, if I ever had closure regarding him passing and the answer was yeah. no, I just dealt with it. You know, no, it was, and that was a quick answer. No. Yeah. It's always going to be, yeah. no. and then, you know, and even after today, this might still be a no, but this will at least well, be a step closer to maybe having that. And forgive me for saying this, but you know, that's something that that's that when, when somebody does, Okay, when, I mean, when somebody takes their own life, that that's that's unfortunately what they leave behind is a lot of people that can never have closure. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's I mean that's and that's and and that's one of those. I mean, I'm not saying that he's shitty for doing that. I'm saying that that's just one of those shitty situations that is wrapped up in 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 a shittier situation. <laughs> I mean, I, I also wouldn't say you're hundred percent wrong with saying that either. Like I, I'm not one of those that say that like somebody who does that, they're selfish, like they're not. But um, when you're angry and you're grieving, that's the first thing that's going to pop to your mind, right? Like they're selfish or you're pissed off. Sure. And I tell her all the time. I'm like, she's here, but I know I see. And I'm, I'm Please. pissed off all the time. Like I'll tell her all the time. how pissed off. I am that like, like why like what the fuck you know and then she like she tries to explain it but who how do you explain it like you can't explain it and it's different because she she has that other angle of the situation right like she was oh, she yeah, was with she, him 20 she saw like, from the other side 24 yeah, 7 she saw the up she saw the down she saw the in-betweens where i was more so hidden from the downs and no, you were shielded from yeah. it. Absolutely. I mean, number one, he loved you. Number two, your your parents loved you. I mean, everybody, no, nobody wanted you wanted you to see it. The problem was that, and I've told this to her before, and I've, I've said it to you. I think is that as hard as people tried to shield it, it didn't work. Like I would figure it out regardless. Any, but um, anyway, let me let me. I digress because we're getting into. Well, it. Lady, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, let's let's welcome into the conversation our guest for this week, Cynthia. Um, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> welcome to Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. Um, this is this this is a, a really great you know thing because number one, we're going to get into some. It's probably going to be a little heavy, but also at the same time. Um, not to, not to be that guy, but this is the first time and hopefully not the last that, that we have a woman's perspective on this, on this podcast. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. Okay, cool. You're the first. Awesome. You're the first. Hi, Cynthia. I'm excited. I'm really super stoked to be here. Um, very honored. Um, I didn't think that I would ever be allowed to because the podcast is like men in your life. So I was like, I'm 
never going to be a man in Dan's life. So, <laughs> so I, I, I feel like that that's a pretty good, you know, summarization right there. Yeah, no, you're probably never going to be a man. But I know. jumped on, I put my camera on because it was funny that you, you were saying, um, kind of like, you know, it just, it's not like you weren't saying that Matt was a shitty person or selfish for it, but like, I remember that's something that I said um, at the funeral, like I, I gave a eulogy or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that was one of the things I said, because it was something, um, unfortunately, Matt is not the first experience I've had with suicide. Um, my dad died by suicide in 2005. Um, and so I had a little bit of, um, kind of experience with it, I guess, uh, but totally different circumstance. They're, they're nothing similar. Um, I gotta ask though, no. can you really be prepared for something like that? Or, or, or no, does the experience no. really matter? It, it kind of did because I knew where to go for help. Okay. Um, because I knew about American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I knew about, um, I knew more about suicide than I did before. And so I knew kind of that shitty feeling of non-closure forever. And um, so that was something I, I, I spoke a little bit about suicide at the funeral because I wanted people to know like that that was part of this and that's mm -hmm. part of the grief that comes with it. And that is something that we're going to carry and to not like kind of um, take that part personal, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I remember when um, <laughs> I was like, I quick got on the website for ASFP because they used to have, their website used to be a lot different and it you could find the books. And so I ordered Jerry and Carol and Dan, I ordered them all separate books um, from people's different perspective on their loss of suicide. So like I got Dan a book about losing a sibling to suicide and I got Jerry and Carol different books about losing a child to suicide. Um, because I was like, okay, how do I, I'm, I'm also a social worker um, by profession. So um, I'm always like, okay, how can I help? Um, you know, like connect the resources. Um, so that was like, first <laughs> you've got to be one of the strongest people on the planet <laughs> having to go through all that. And then also be, I mean, probably got to be, got to have one of the biggest hearts of anybody out there to be able to deal with this and go through this a couple of times and then still be, still have enough to give to be able to do that for a profession. Thank you. I mean, honestly, that's. I will be, yeah. I will be completely honest with you. I read about three chapters of that book and I don't know if I've picked it up since. And it's not because it's not because I didn't want to read it. I think it was because I wasn't prepared to read that yeah. book and I'm still, yeah. I don't know if I ever will be, but um, I, when you, you were talking about the funeral and one of the, th one of the things that stands out the most about the funeral, and I'm trying to put this in a way where, uh, if people watch this later on, it, it doesn't come off the wrong way. But my grandfather said one of the most insensitive fucking things to Cynthia at our funeral. And no, 
funeral it was at your house that it was like today like the day it was after at the my- house i thought it was at the funeral I don't know. I can't remember, but it said like one of the most insensitive things to Cynthia, which caused like my mom to absolutely flip a shit. And I, yeah, she was not happy with, with him about that. And, um, actually nobody was to be honest with you, but, um, but your dad handled it in the most graceful way, um, which is not a very Jerry Huff thing to do. <laughs> like he's. <laughs> oh, Brady! Brady knows. Him. Brady knows some stories. <laughs> I've heard. Um, I love him dearly, but he is um, pretty straightforward and um, like just says how he feels. Um, but Dan, you 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 go ahead. <laughs> Finish it up, Dan. Let's so let's, okay. Mean, no, because here's the thing, though, is that I don't know anything about what Dad did that day. Oh, so, um, okay, so let me back it a little bit because can um, can, can I ask what was said? Yeah, is that yeah. is that allowed? Yeah, I don't background. care. So, um, the the night Matt died was um really chaotic and um he was very out of character um it was not matt that night um he woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to leave the house and it was it was it he was not okay um but i did not realize he was not okay i thought he was just mad at me um and he was telling me to leave the house i i really think he was trying to die in the house and trying to kick me out of the house so that could happen i am stubborn as hell (laughs) and um like dan was correct in saying we were kind of on and off uh eight years and um i always fought um very hard to keep matt in my life and so um, I was not leaving the house without a fight. <laughs> so okay. I drew it out. And um, I think he left because I was taking too long. Um, I was like, if I'm, if you're kicking me out of the house, I'm leaving. Like, I'm taking everything. Um, and so it was not a good night. Um, and the next day, I texted Carol, like, something's... Like, I don't remember if she texted me first or if I texted her first to say, like, like, Matt, like, is upset with me. Like, is Matt okay? Or if she reached out to me. I I know she reached out to me and said, like, maybe that's what happened. She reached out to me and said that Matt's car was there, um, but he wasn't. And then Mm. the more she talked, she was like, well, his keys are in the truck, his wallet, his phone are in the truck. And I was like, fuck. So I woke up that morning to go to work. And when I woke up that morning, um, Matt's truck was outside. Well, yeah, Matt's truck was outside in front of the garage. And Mm -hmm. I went back inside and I was, and I looked at dad and I was like, Hey, I was like, you know, Matt's here. And he's like, huh? I said, Matt's here. Matt's outside. And he was like, Oh, and he kind of like looked and he went outside with the dog and I went upstairs to talk to mom and I was like, Oh yeah. Did you know that mom, Matt was here? And she's like, huh? And that's when I think she called you about the truck. 
I thought Matt was there borrowing stuff from dad for work. Had no idea that, you know, hindsight now, I had no idea that he had pulled into the driveway at two o'clock in the morning in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like fucking crazy. It was terrible. And that was when his, his that, knee was messed up still messed too. Up. So yep. yeah. So dad went outside with the dog. And then when I went back outside, it was pouring still. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is dad outside with the dog? Like he never takes the dog out. So like, and he had him on a leash too. So then I left to work cause I didn't know any, I didn't know anything. Like I didn't know what was going on. And I eventually got, you know, I went, eventually got to work and like a few hours later went by and I was like, Hey, did you guys ever like find Matt? And mom goes, well, we're looking for him. I'm like, hold on a second. What do you mean you're looking for him? Yeah. And then I didn't hear back from anybody for a while. Yeah. So, um, when she texted me that like stuff was like all of his stuff was in the car, but he wasn't around. I kind of had like, like I knew I, I just was like, I called, I called George's his best friend, George, I called Allison and I just started sobbing and I was like, he, he's gone. And everyone's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. So you knew, and, I mean, not like you knew, but like you, you yeah. knew, like you had a you feeling. Felt it. Yeah, I I just felt like because also like we were still texting. Matt never said goodbye to me, at least. Mm. He might have said it to other people, but he never said goodbye. He like any time, like if I left or anything, he never oh. used words goodbye. He oh, always see okay. ya or other things. Like right. he never used the words goodbye. And when I looked back, like after I like talked to Carol and I looked back, he texted goodbye, Cynthia. And I was like, Oh, like mm. it just kind of all clicked in together. Um, and so she, Carol said, okay, we're going to go out to Hemlock, um, which is like the park by their house. Except it's, is it called Hemlock mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. it's, okay. He was, she was like, we're going to go look. And I was like, I'm not fucking looking. Like I, I know what, what somebody's gonna find i'm not gonna find him yeah um so i just kept saying like we need to call the police we need to call the police um and i don't think she had really good service and then um well she had told me before that one time when matt was going through something uh they found him down there just kind of like hanging out and that's why they thought to look there he went there a lot and there was one night <laughs> There was one night um, when he we were st still at the apartments in Centerville, and like he actually took me there, and he had said like it was it was weird because it was a not it wasn't stormy that night, but this was like years prior, um, and I we, we were like packing. And he said he wanted to take me somewhere. And I was like, what is this, like, a suicide mission? And he was like, well, no. But we went to Hemlock, and we, like, sat out there and just talked. And he had a lot of questions about my dad. Um, and, uh, like, it, it, like, I remember that now. But, like, we spent a lot of time at Hemlock together. But, like, that was a place that he went a lot to, like, kind of just unwind decompress like it was a safe space for him definitely mm -hmm. and 
you'll notice that's not where they found him. Like, you know, like that's it because it was a safe place for him to feel better and he wasn't okay. Um, I, sometimes I think that um, when you kind of look into suicide, you kind of see how unwell someone truly is if you kind of look at all the facts. Um, like when my dad died, um, he had multiple suicide letters um, next to his desk that were in like a stack of paper. Um, and when my dad died, I remember feeling a lot of guilt. I'm the oldest kid. So I felt like it was my fault. We hadn't talked in a while. And I felt like if I had just talked, if I had just called this day, like he wouldn't have killed himself. But I remember going to his apartment and finding. Sounds familiar, Dan. Huh? I said that sounds familiar, Dan. Yeah. Um, and I remember finding these letters. And the letters, the letter that the police found that they took, um, the first line in the note said, um, to not contact my mom. Now my parents were divorced to be fair. So the first line said, don't contact, you know, my mom's name. And then the last line on the note said, make sure you contact my mom's name. So like within that letter, you can see the unwell, right? The change of emotions uh, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can just see like, Oh, he wasn't okay like and um to me finding those letters was kind of a little bit of closure because i was like it didn't matter if i had called my dad that day or not he had been doing this for years like this was hard time for a long time mm -hmm. uh, and so for matt like i even just in doing this conversation it kind of hit me like he wasn't at Hemlock. That's not where he went. Um, they looked for him there because that's where he went to find peace, and that's not where he was. Well, that's um, not what he, that's not so from the sound of it. It's not what he was seeking at that point in time was peace. No. Well, he was. That's why he did what he did because he felt like that's the only way he could find the peace um, because he was in um, he was in so much pain. Um, and he was in like mental and physical pain. He was in a lot of physical pain yeah. and he, uh, uh, I was going to say something my mind slipped. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Cynthia. Go ahead and finish what you're saying. Oh, you're I did not want to go to the house. I did not want to find Matt. And, um, the next day I was like, okay, so then they found, um, actually I think Allison, my friend, Allison, um, George's wife, his best friend, um, Allison picked me up um, and I, I went to her house, their house, um, because the day Matt died, they were supposed to have their first back baseball practice that he had arranged. So um, the guys were at practice and um, I was with Allison at the house and at George and Allison's house. And um, 
then Carol called me um, and she kind of kept me updated through the day. Like, okay, we called the police. Okay. They're here. Um, you know, they have a dogs, they have a helicopter. Um, ultimately they found Matt by helicopter and um, she called and um, she asked me if I was sitting down. And so I knew that they had found Matt. And then um, she really quietly said, um, you'll always be my family. And um, I've really held her to that <laughs> ever since. Um, but as soon as she had told me like that Matt's truck was there and he wasn't, um, I started being afraid that the Huffs would really hate me. And I started being afraid that they would blame me because suicide um, is a different kind of death and it, um, it fucks up people. It fucks you up. <laughs> you get left behind. So it causes a lot of drama sometimes. And I was really scared. I lived with Matt. I saw him every day. What if they thought it was my fault? What if they blamed me? What if they thought I knew? Like, I was really scared. And so as soon as she said that, I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. Um, because I was close with them. Um, and um, I would go do, like, house projects with um, Matt and Jerry and... I would hang out with Carol, like I loved them dearly. And so I did not want them to be upset with me and I didn't want to lose them. And so um, that really meant um, the world to me to hear that from her. And I don't think she knew that. So the next day I was like, okay, I got to pull my shit together. I got to go to their house. They're not going to be mad at me. I'm still a little bit scared of them being mad at me. Um, and, um, Matt had really kind of cut ties with any extended family, mm -hmm. um, for a while. Um, when I had first met Matt, his, his mom's dad died. Um, and that was a hard loss for him. Um, but it was almost like after that, he kind of cut everybody else off. Um, I mean, he even cut, he cut us off too. Like he stopped coming around the house. Yeah, I mean, he did that to me as well. I mean, the on and off. Yeah, but I mean, like he, <laughs> like he, at one point didn't he, like he didn't come to grandma's anymore. He didn't come for Christmas. He didn't come. He didn't come for anything. Like he was just, yeah. he it was just like poof gone. You know what I mean? Like we knew he was still he there, was. but like he was just gone. Like he didn't want to. He didn't want to be bothered by anybody. I don't know if it was anyone to be bothered. I don't think he, he wanted to deal with the questions of like. Hey, where have you been? What's going on? Yeah, he was really ashamed. He felt like he should really have been more accomplished and um, done more. Um, and I think he was really angry, um, too. Um, but, like, there was a point that he was, like, living in Philly, but he would drive to Virginia to play baseball. And... Carol and Jerry would go to the games. They would, they never would talk, but they would go to the games. And um, they were kind of just like in the field out there. And 
I felt like that spoke very loudly of how much they cared for Matt, but he was so angry and I, I mean, I, I'm like not finishing the story because I'm sidetracking so much, but um, I, I went through, like I was getting my degree at a point in dating Matt. Um, and so um, something that social workers and any clinician use to diagnose people um, it's a tool called the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I had a class on that book and I used that book, I had that book. And so um, I had called Carol pretty early on in meeting Matt, being scared that he was suicidal I had never met her. I had just known Matt and I called her. I looked, I looked her up online. I looked, I think I used white paper, found her number and I called her and I said, I'm scared about Matt. I think he's going to try to hurt himself. Um, and she was like, oh, sometimes that happens. Like he says that sometimes. And it was just kind of like a really weird thing, but I had never called anybody's parents to say that ever before in my mm -hmm. life. So, um, but like this was a struggle Matt had for years. Like I, I think I called the police at least three times. Um, and so uh, I rem I had always told him, I had always encouraged therapy and he always was like, fuck you, no. And, um, and medication. And he said, no. And um, one time he, at one point told me like, I tried medication before it wasn't right. And like, how's just one mat, like little pill gonna be a magic fix. And so I remember getting like pissed off and I'm being like, it's not magic. Like it doesn't fix you, but it deals with the chemical imbalance in your brain. And I just kind of threw the DSM at him and was like, there's a science at, to how people get diagnosed. It's not just like I pull this out of the hat and this is what you are. And um, I swear to God, the next day I went to work and Matt read that whole fucking DSM. <laughs> he read it and I came home and he had um, two or three diagnoses uh, with sticky notes. And he said, I read your book. And I think this is what I have. Um, and it was what I thought he had. <laughs> so um, he was not with like, he, he was smart. He was ex incredibly smart and introspective. Um, he, when he was able to talk about how he felt, he could do it with such painful accuracy that you would also feel it. Um, so anyway, that was a, all an ongoing battle for us. But I remember like not wanting to go, being afraid that the Huffs would hate me for the rest of my life. And so I went to the house. Um, I actually went to a little girl's birthday party first. I was like really trying to put off going to the house. Um, so I went to Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now I have to go to the house. And so I drove up there and, um, 
grandpa comes in and I don't know grandpa. I've never met grandpa. Matt did not have a lot of nice things to say about grandpa. No. And this was, this was my dad's dad. Your dad. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because at this point your mom's dad had been dead several years. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so he looked at me and, and I, I think they said like, Hey, um, this is Cynthia. This is Matt's girlfriend. And he just looked at me and said, well, why didn't you do anything? And I was like, and here it is Mm -hmm. like, like, okay, fuck. (laughs) And, um, Jerry, I don't even know where he came from, but he just all of a sudden was next to me and put his arm around me and said, no, dad, she's the reason we had Matt as long as we did. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. And um, Mm. I didn't know that they saw me that way, but then I also felt like, okay, it's, it's safe. Like Matt was right. He is an asshole. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, somebody who's that good at introspection can usually. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. um, Matt had agreed um, to finally go to therapy um, and uh, he did not have insurance. um, So that was really, really hard to find a way to get him to therapy. Um, and he was, uh, I mean, at this point he, he had been really depressed. So him having motivation to do anything was very low. So he would just say, okay, I'm ready you know, to talk to my parents or, okay, I'm ready to see a therapist. Will you do it? Like, so I would take care of setting it all up. So we found a place in Prince William County that like, it was like free, a uh, free clinic pretty much. So we had an appointment to go on Monday, but he died on Friday. So oh. he did not, he didn't, he didn't make it to the appointment. Um, well, and you know, that's something even, even just 11 years ago, that was, I, I have it in the back of my head that, you know, somebody's smart. Um, obviously you know a pretty decent guy i mean yeah um definitely knows you know he he's he's willing to you know take instruction he's been coached his whole life but even 11 years ago they would have looked at a man and and been like well that's just because you injured your knee and you're just not feeling it you know you're you don't be you know you did this your whole life so you know and i mean what i feel like they wouldn't have looked at him even as even as close as closely as they would now, I mean, at least now it's becoming much more of an issue. I think they would have because at the point that Matt was, um, he really self-identified. Um, I I I I think he was bipolar, had bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. um, and um, between you and Dan's description, yeah, the the severe manic episodes and stuff like that is. And so, and he identified that as well. Um, and so I think that they would have. Um, Matt also, again, he was not a dumb guy. Um, and he knew what to say and when to say it. And um, so he knew what would cause red flags and he knew how to stay under the radar. 
So there was one time where I called the police and they picked him up and took him to the hospital. And before Carol even got there, he was outside on the curb waiting for her because he knew what to say to get out. Yeah. Um, but. I could understand that. He won. I mean, when I, when I was locked up for three days, because, you know, 72 hour required hold is the all yeah. they do. And. When yeah. I was locked up for three days in in Washington, it was um you know I <laughs> I knew what to say. Yeah. And they didn't want to release me. They even told me they didn't want me to go. And um, I just told them, nope, you can only hold me for three days. Bye. And yeah. Yeah, and I I think that would have happened, um, even if he had like been held, um, he he would have just left, but. Um, at the point he was at the end, he, he, I felt like he did want help and I feel like he would have, um, he would have been honest about it. I feel like he was ready to be honest about it with the counselor. Um, he was incredibly, uh, articulate, um, and feel like um with my dad i still get very angry at my dad um but with matt i remember um <laughs> much to carol's horror like the her face um so matt and i lived together when he died but we were not engaged we were not married um and I, again i had been around a while so um but carol and jerry treated me like you know, I had a part of the family and I was very included in planning um, his funeral. And um, so I was with them at the funeral home. Um, and I, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but um, the poor guy, I think it was like, I think he was new. Cause every time we asked a question, he'd be like, let me check on that. And then he'd be gone for like 45 minutes and come back. and. Um, so he, I remember being at the funeral home and they said, oh, and I just want to let you know, like Matt is now in our care and he is here in the building. And I said, can I see him? And everybody in the room was like, what? Um, but I also worked in hospice. So I was like, death and dying was something that was very um, normalized for me. And while like suicide's not like dead bodies, like, and people dying, like that's a thing that I did. Um, so I wanted to see him and everybody, like Carol, I think her mouth like fell to the floor, but I was just like, we're doing this, right? Like I'm doing this. Like I was standing up. I was like, can I go see him? And they were like, ah, pump the brakes. Like we got to clean them up. We got to like, not yet. Um, but I remember the first thing I said um, when I got to him um, was just that, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. I know how much you hurt. And I know you're just trying to get out of the hurt. Um, and like, I, I, it's okay. Like, we're going to be okay. But like, I wasn't mad. I was just. Um, well, that makes one of do us. Do you find your Do you find Do you find yourself getting mad 
over the years? Have you? Have uh, you? Because yeah, you mentioned sure. you mentioned with your dad, you you periodically get mad, and I mean, with Matt, even though you didn't have that initial reaction, do you do you find yourself? Oh, absolutely! I feel like not even a week later, um, I was furious at him, and I was like, I felt like. Um, but I said, I felt like he wanted me to leave the house. Um, and then I got mad because I think, I think it was like Allison or somebody, it was like, you know, like people do stupid shit when they die by suicide. Like, you know, like he could have like hurt you like on the way out. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he ever would have, I don't think he ever would have pulled himself to do that. Oh, and that's what she was saying. Like, he wasn't going to hurt you. Like, he was trying to get you out. He was trying to make you leave, and you wouldn't leave, so he left. Like, he wasn't going to hurt you. Um, and I got really mad. Why didn't he take me with him? Um, why would he leave me here And without him? And I was really mad for a long time about that. Um, and I remember being like in an intersection and thinking if I just close my eyes and press the gas, I would be with him again. Um, but then I was like, with my luck, I'll hurt somebody else. And oh my God, Cynthia, you would hurt somebody else because they would have to crash into me to kill me. And what the hell are you thinking? Like kind of snapped out of it, but like, I, it was painful and like, I could not really fathom life without Matt for a really long time, even though I was like living it. I was like, every day I woke up, it was the nightmare was like reliving because he really was gone. He was gone and my whole life changed. Like it wasn't just Matt, like, my home was gone. Um, my routine was changed. Like, I, it was all gone because Matt was gone. You know? Yeah. I um, mean, I, 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 I say, yeah, but I, 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 I hope you don't, I hope neither one of you really take offense to this because, you know, when you're sitting here talking about this, it reminds me of my divorce. I mean, forgive me for saying that. Honestly, I mean, I'm just going to be upfront with that. I mean, obviously, my ex-wife did not kill herself um, and all that stuff. I, I'm just... But it is. But it's so... It, it, and, and it reminds me of when I was going through it, everybody was like, well, you know, because it, it I, I took it hard. It, it hit me really hard. And, you know, I thought about driving off of an overpass. That was my thing. Um, and, and just being done. And... Everything that you're describing, obviously on a different level. So please forgive me. I'm not trying to trying to cheap cheapen it at all. Um, but it's funny. Everything that you're describing, everybody told me when it happened. They're like, you know, it's like a death. It it is, and you know, it's it's the death of basically it was the death of my life that I, up to that point. Yep, it is. And that's something in hospice, like we kind of teach family's like moving is grief like yeah a job change is grief divorce is grief like 
there's a lot of grief that we don't really acknowledge um, as a society because we're supposed to be like all positive and moving forward and this thing's going to be better. But like, I believe that we have to give space a little bit to that grief to be able to move forward. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, you have to give yourself time to grieve that. Like, it is a loss. You know, it's the loss of your marriage. It's a loss of that life you had that you envisioned. It's gone now. You have to give yourself space for that in order to have your life kind of proceed in a positive way. Like, you have to honor that, you know? Like, I think that people are, like, because even a move, a happy move, it's still like, like, if I moved out of this house that I'm in now, like, it's the home I brought my baby to. It's the yeah. home, even if I was moving to a house that was better for my family, it will still be a little bit sad for me to leave this house. Sure. Um, and you have to give space for that. Um, and I think that our society is very quick to gloss over things instead of giving it space and honoring loss and grief um, because we have to spin things so positively. Okay. I mean, I can, yeah, I can understand what you mean by that. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt them. No, 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 you're good. Um, I mean, Dan, you, you've, <laughs> you've mentioned more than once how angry, I mean, you still get um, with, with Matt and, you know, everything that has gone on since that has, that has been positive in your life. You still get angry. Yeah, I've been, I've been fucking pissed off for eleven years. I mean, like I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that I've, I think I, I find. Do you think? Do you think you'll ever get over that anger, Dan? No, Honestly, no, truthfully, no, because I, I have found over the last few years, and especially now having a child, and, and it's, it, it's, it's hard for me because, like. Like my wife tries, you know, describe it where it's like I, I can't put um, I can't put blame on people for like for no like they're, like he's not here. Like I can't put that blame on him for not be, like, you know, I, I don't even know how to like how to describe it. But it's like I'm putting like unfair blame on him because he's not here. And in my mind, I'm like, no, it's absolutely fucking justified. Like in my mind is justified. Like it's it's in my mind it's justified that I'm angry that he's not here to celebrate uh, yeah. my daughter's birthday, right? And like and I and I get what she was kind of getting at was that like we're ch like trying to remember him as he was, not as he's not. You know what I mean? And and I kind of understand that. Like I kind of get that idea of it, but. It, it's hard because there's just there's just so much there's just so much shit that he is never going to be around for that he needs to be here for and there, yeah. and i can't 
I can't do anything about that. Like I can't, I can't cuss him out. I can't, you know I mean? Well, I can't, I guess I do it all the time, but I can't like, like, I can't like walk up to him and it's like, cause it's not like, it's not like he's, it's not like he's just not present. You know what I mean? It's not like he's decided to cut me off and not be present. You know what I mean? It's like, he's physically just not here and there's nothing that I can like do about that. And I can put all this blame on him for that, but it, it to, like in reality, it's, it, it's, I guess it's really not fair because it's just grief. Like it's just me not dealing with shit. It's me not taking the time to, to, you know, deal with me and myself. And it's not me taking the time to, you know, sit down and just sit with it, you know, and, and work through it and process through it. Cause I've never, I've never actually like processed through it. I mean, like, I think like day one, I mean, day one, it sounds it was like in, you've done quite a bit of processing. Dude. Yeah, maybe. And I, um, I don't know. So we have also this other idea of um, death and dying and that like you go through stages and it's actually all bullshit. Um, and but just, the, the, what is it? Seven stages of grief or whatever it was. That's, that's so, bullshit. Really? Right, yeah. It's bullshit. It's not bullshit in that those stages really happen, but to think that it only happens once is bullshit. Yes. It cycles. You're going to cycle through it the rest of your life because that's what it is. Yeah. That's part of the journey for it. And so um, I still get pissed off at Matt. Like, yeah. there's some days that, like, um, I love my husband dearly, uh, but I married into a shitstorm of things. And so sometimes I'm like, okay. well, yes. fuck you, Matt. Like, I w- if you were here, I wouldn't have <laughs> I mean, I, like, have up, I, yeah. I mean, if you, if, if you, we wouldn't have to be doing this fucking thing right now. Right. Like we wouldn't, right. we wouldn't be doing yeah. any of this shit right now. And like that, yeah. that's the part. Yeah. So like what you were talking about when you, um, when you saw him at the funeral home, the first thing I said, when I saw the funeral, I said, fuck you. And like, that was like, I didn't feel bad about it. Like I didn't say it out loud, obviously, but I mean, like I was yeah. looking at him like, fuck you, man. Like who the fuck do you think you are? Like what, like what, like, are you like for real? Were you there, huh? Were you there the day that the, the first day or was that on the day of the funeral that you saw? Him? No, I saw him. I saw him before the funeral because they had him, um, they had him cleaned up. Yeah. So, um, okay. cause then I saw him the day of the funeral. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I told him was, you look like fucking hell. Yep. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but when we were carrying the casket out, somebody was like, Jesus Christ, he needed to lay off the chocolate ice cream. Like, I forgot who, I don't know who it was, but. Lay off the mac and cheese. Why didn't Cynthia keep making yeah, that? Like, like somebody, because like, I forgot who it was, but somebody was like, this is the heaviest casket I've ever carried in my life. And I'm like, <laughs> but like, even then, I mean, like, even now, like, I, like, I'm all, I'm still angry. Like, I'm always angry with him. And I think it's just, it's just magnified now that I have a daughter because I'm, just, I'm missing out on things. And maybe it's like a little bit of a pity party, but I'm, at the same time, I'm like, no, man, like, fuck you, dude. Like, uh... but it's also that protective piece. Cause like, so I'm the oldest and my dad died and he was at my high school. Re- uh, graduation, um, but not college. And I didn't like, it was sad to me that he wasn't there when I graduated college, but you know, what really fucking pissed me off was that he missed my sister's high school graduations. Like I was, how many siblings do you have with that? And it was that protective piece. Like, like the big sister and me 
and the dad in you feels like fuck you like my kid doesn't deserve this and my sisters didn't deserve that like you know like it's how we're holding that grief and how we're holding that space is trying to protect the other people that we love that shouldn't have to feel that pain you know like i've i've told you this for a year that the whole protecting like them trying to protect me like i that was bullshit like i'm still angry about that like and i get like they they thought they were doing the best thing like i they thought they're you know in their interest or whatever they are in my interest but even today that to me that's still bullshit like i i that that's what pisses me off you know but more well maybe not more than the whole thing but that pisses like that's like number two on my list of reasons why i'm pissed off about this entire fucking thing because i tried i tried for years years to build a fucking relationship with him and i felt like i could never get it done like i like i tried to you know uh one year for christmas i bought him a he was talking about something i don't know if you were talking about or mom was talking about he was talking about how he started playing madden with some people again like he was doing like like with the guys i bought him a fucking 360 in like an older year madden so he could play it again because i'm sure he hadn't been playing any of the new stuff for a long time right and i'm thinking like um and uh i'm thinking like Multitasking. Sorry, I'm thinking that like, uh, like we're gonna have, we're gonna like build this relationship or whatever, and it, it didn't like amount to anything. And you know, as many times as like tried to do like baseball or anything like that with him, like have conversations with him, or whatever, it never fucking amounted to anything. And so Matt was also kind of an asshole. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> hmm. I um I love him like I've never loved anyone in my life, but he was also kind of an asshole. Um, and um, I feel like he kind of had the um, like I feel like the age difference was big for him, even though it didn't need to be. Um, and that he felt more like he needed to be like a parent to you than a brother what was the age difference between you two dan if you don't mind me asking six years oh okay um because i remember him telling me that because carol um matt's birth was a very traumatic birth so she had to have like a hysterectomy when matt was born oh shit! and she wanted to have more kids but obviously after matt could not um and so matt would tell me like i grew up like i remember being told you can never have a brother you can never have a sister you can never have anything and then it was like oh hey we're getting a brother oh hey nice nice to meet you yeah (laughs) i guess i'll take a residence in this room over here Uh, rent due on the first okay (laughs) but he also like um as as much as like kind of an asshole Matt could be, he had an extreme soft spot for children. Um, he was amazing with kids, um, and and would have been an amazing father or uncle. Um, but I think he took that role a little bit too seriously with Dan. Like I feel like he 
he was always a little bit more mature than he was. And I feel like even at six, he wore that a little bit too hard. Like, if that makes sense. Like, and so... My, the, the oldest sibling of mine, I'm the youngest, actually, I'm the opposite of you. Uh, the oldest sibling of mine is, is six years. Okay. And then... <laughs> yes. My kids are also... Um, my kids are 11 and 12 years older than my youngest. Um, so God knows what that relationship will be like. But um, Matt, I f feel like, was always like plus a couple years. So like, I feel like. Yeah, Matt was 20 going on 30. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, no, it was like five going on two. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 30 i'm 34 going on 34 going on uh 15 hey by the way your uh your mom's listening your mom popped in because i know you can't see the chat so oh. your mama hi mom uh, your mom's here uh yeah i'm what 34 going on 15 so i mean <laughs> yeah and i feel like that like Matt smoked. Matt was Matt was a huge smoker. I always said my whole life I'm asthmatic. I would never date a smoker. Why the hell? Like that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I was like ready to marry Matt and um, was a heavy smoker. Um, in fact, when he died, I couldn't figure out why I had so much money all of a sudden. It was because I wasn't buying him cigarettes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been 14 months now, so cigarettes, cigarettes, and Budweiser. That was yeah. Matt would build Matt would build like pyramids out of Budweiser cans. And I mean, like Matt Matt could drink. Um, I mean, like he could pound beer, and I don't think he would ever get drunk. Yeah, that was scary. Like, <laughs> I mean, like he'd be crushing like like 24 packs, and he'd be fine nothing there's nothing wrong like nothing going on like he's perfectly fine and then you know that night that he came to the house they found beer cans in the house i mean in the in the truck like they found beer cans in the truck he wrote his note on the back of a napkin and it was like four sentences like it's that Wait, what? Yeah, he wrote his he wrote his note on the back of a napkin that it was and it was probably a fucking Wendy's napkin because that's all he it was Yes. Yeah, so, okay. It so it was a fucking Wendy's nap. I didn't even know that. I just guessed it because the man fucking <laughs> lived at Wendy's. And mind you, I say this: Matt was not an an addict. Like he was not an unhealthy individual. Like he was, I would say, like six one and probably like a, a solid like two forty, yeah. two thirty five. Like he was just he was, he was just a just a behemoth of yeah man like he was strong. I was about to say that is a large individual. I mean, um, freshman yeah. year of high school, he was uh, competing in seniors and deadlifts. Like he was doing like four hundred as a freshman in high school, and he was and he was th like average size wise, like athletic build. Like he was never like jacked, but he was just like broad. But anyway, so we found all those beer cans and we found the note and the note was like, was like, or the napkin, I guess you could say. And it was like four sentences and, and it was like, yep. here's everything of value that I own TV firearm and the truck. And like, that was it. And I think that's what made your mom call the police because he only listed one gun. And I was like, Carol, there were two guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but like he he listed stuff of value and he said um this is nobody's fault mm. i hope mom and dad love each other forever um and that that was mm-hmm. that was it but like carol told me about the napkin like way after she told me about like the truck in the driveway and i was like carol dad call the- dad found the napkin i think yeah i believe that i think dad found the napkin wow which yeah which I, matt and dad didn't have the greatest relationship growing up i mean i and I'm, there's a lot of like they they struggled a lot and as i struggled a lot with dad and Same a lot. say say that again i think they struggled a lot because there were a lot of similarities yeah they butted they butted heads and like if you ever met my dad like my dad has to be right <laughs> on everything <laughs> like he has to he is the head honcho and there's no telling him any different right and that was kind of the same way but at the same time yeah. matt compromised every now and then which was also strange to me but um he, you know, there was a night where, uh, and I don't, let me back up a little bit. He, so I think when dad found that note, I, I think it obviously screwed him up. I mean, that's his son, right? But I think it had a, a, a deeper effect than anticipated for him because, you know, he tries to put on this facade that he's just this like hard ass man that, you know, has no feelings and in deep like deep down he is probably one of the softest individuals there ever is he just won't ever tell you that like and you can see it when he's when he's with when he's with the kid like he's the softest individual there was and i think that <laughs> and i think him doing going through that pissed him off honestly i think it made him angry that he was like feeling human and i think he hated that aspect of of what he was battling through and it took him a long time to get over that because you weren't even allowed to say the word depression in that house. Like you couldn't speak suicide. He would get on me about anything. If I wore anything that was mats, like I have stuff like shirts that were mats and jerseys and stuff like that. Right. He'd get upset. Like he'd get really mad. He wanted us to sell, to sell the truck. He didn't want to see the truck in the driveway anymore. And mom convinced him to keep it. And I ended up having it for a few years. Um, and, I think over time he realized that it's, this isn't something that he's just going to be able to run away from. Like it's there. He has to deal with it. And I think as we, the years went on and I think as the years went on and he kind of started seeing life a little bit differently and he started making different connections with people and he kind of started almost like, he was changing. Like he wasn't the same person anymore and that he started kind of accepting what happened and started to understand that like, this is a, like, this is a real thing. Like this happens. And you know, when he was growing up, this wasn't a thing. Like you don't talk about that. You don't do that. You don't have emotions, nothing like that. And he quickly started realizing that this is a thing. And, one of the things that really bothered me when I was trying to, um, uh, when I was trying to like process everything with Matt was, uh, I don't know if they were oblivious or they just didn't say anything, but I 
could have you could have landed a plane with the amount of red flags that I was throwing up during that time. Like you could have seen that thing like pitch dark, like it was illuminating that as the amount of red flags that I was putting up of like just screaming for like help and like somebody to talk to me and no, like not one time did they ever ever. I don't know if it was just they didn't know, or maybe I just held it like maybe I just hit it very well. But you know, I don't know. I that was the one thing that really bothered me. They, I mean, you could say the same for Matt. The red flags that were there and the red flags that, um, I mean, he. there was one time where, so <sighs> there was one, um, it was Carol's birthday. Mm. And the car ride. Was, yep. yep. We, well, there was it was carol's dinner and i remember we pulled up to um the outback and you drove and i remember in the um in the car and i said and the whole way there we talked about it and i said like like you have to talk to your parents you have to tell them what's going on um you you know you really pissed him off that night well, not yeah, in, really but not did. in a bad way. Like you pissed him <laughs> off. You pissed him off in a way where he, like, it made him reevaluate his whole life. Well, good. That was my goal. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Go on. Continue. 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 Um, because um, my relationship was so. I met Matt because my friend was dating his roommate. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, this. And so we went to their apartment and it was like, I was kind of expected to hang out with Matt while she hung out with her boyfriend. And I was like, <laughs> we got to the, we were like parking the car and I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, like we will not stay here. We will leave at this time and X, Y, and Z. The joke's on you. And yeah, then I met Matt and I was like, Yo, hold up. We can stay a little bit longer. Hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, we just really hit it off from the day from the second I met him. And um so like and I remember Matt talking about his dad before like even thinking about meeting them came into the picture and just like how the relationship was. And, um, I always like, and, and Matt was like a commitment phobe. Um, <laughs> anytime it got a little bit close to us seeming serious, he would disappear. And then is this is where the off and on comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he would come back and like, it was, I knew that like if I was ever out and if I ever needed help, I could call Matt and he would show up. But I also knew that if I showed too much about how I cared about him, he would run away. This motherfucker out here living like Batman. (laughs) (laughs) So I never like I legit moved to Africa and did not tell Matt. Uh, because I knew if I made a thing of it, he would freak out. And if I, I, I pressed him mm. on, 
hey, like, are you my boyfriend or not? It was, whoop, like ghost town. And so um, I learned in my relationship with Matt, like, Matt. And so um, I don't, I like, there was, but it was funny because he always reinitiated it because there were a lot of times that I called things off because um, there was one time it was just like, um, you're not being safe and I can't be with you if you're not going to be safe and get help. And he was like, I'm not going to get help. And I was like, well, then we're done. And so I left. Um, and that was usually why I left. Um, and um, with him, it was usually like, oh, my God, she cares too much. I'm out. Um, <laughs> and so the last time we had reconnected, he texted me um, on, like, Christmas Eve or something. And he picked me. I responded, and then he picked me up. We went to the movies. And then pretty much we, like, didn't like separate until he died um i was living in west virginia at the time and um he drove up to see me which usually was always like kind of me going to see matt um but he was like close to where i live but and i was in west virginia who he drove up to west virginia helped me get my own place because i had like legit broke up with my boyfriend the, that night that Matt texted me and then all of a sudden Matt just like random texted me. Yeah, no, it was just bizarre as hell and I was just like yeah, let's go. Is that the bad signal, Dan? Is that, <laughs> that was the bad signal. Wait, hold on, finish? Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta finish the uh, the story with mom's birthday. Oh, okay, so, um, I, so Matt and I always kind of went back and forth with our boundaries kind of like and i never pressed too hard because i knew he would run and so at this point we we're living together and i was just like um so he had hurt his knee it, we it was on thanksgiving uh, i we think he like tore his meniscus um it was like a flag football thing and um so he had hurt his knee and he had his own, um, it was called Huff Improving Homes. And I was working on like a logo for it and everything. And um, he wasn't able to work anymore because he couldn't like bend his knee. Um, and he was getting really fucking depressed. And so I was like, you have to talk to your parents about it. Like not tonight, but you have to talk to your parents about it. And he was like, no, I'm not going to. And I was like, you have to. I was like, if you do not, I will leave. Um, and we had been through that before. Um, and I had left. And um, so, so there was so he knew there was no bluff. Yeah. And so um, we pulled up and he was like, no, I won't. And I was like, you can't walk. You can't work. You can't like you're not OK. Like, we have to talk to your parents. Like, and if you don't talk to them, then I'm going to talk to them. And he was like, no, you can't. And I was like, okay, well, like, then I'm out. Because if I go into that restaurant, I am telling them that you are struggling and that this is not okay. Like, that you're not okay. 
And he was like, you can't do that. And I was like, then I'm not going in. And um, I didn't go in. Um, and I get really like embarrassed and mad at myself now because it was Carol's birthday and it shouldn't have been about that. It should have been about Carol, but uh, we were young and dumb and um, I really apologize to Carol for ruining her birthday. Um, but <laughs> he came in, um, he came in and he was like, uh, I think Cynthia broke up with me and we were like, Oh, <laughs> so how's life? Like, like yeah. we didn't know how to respond. Right. So, so um, Cynthia was match ride that night and we ended up going back to the house and I actually ended up driving at home um, that night. Yeah. And uh, huh? I wasn't the, we drove the Monte Carlo. I drove the Monte Carlo home. Oh, like that. That was not like a thing I did. Right. I did not drive Monte Carlo. Yeah, that was his baby. The Monte Carlo was his baby. <laughs> but uh, so I drove him home, and you know we, you know, chit chat or whatever. We didn't. We we never could really like sit down and just have a conversation about stuff. Um. So I, you know, I was sitting there, and I was like, so what happened? And he's like, well, he's like, you know. I don't know. He's like, I fucked up. Like I always do. He was like, it's just what I do. And, um, he was like, it just, you know, it is what it is. And I was like, why? I was like, why? I'm like, why, why do you, why do you keep doing this? And he was like, I, I don't know. And I was like, you know, I was like, she is literally the only person that could put up with your ass. And you know that. So, you know, he was like, yeah, I know. Um, and he was like, I just, he's like, you know, she loves me a lot more than I think that I could ever love anybody. And I was like, so what's wrong with that? And he was like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, you, you're going to fuck up something really good. And I was like, you're being a dumbass." And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And then we kind of started talking about things like about my dad and, uh, or our dad, I guess, and, uh, things that he went through as a kid and stuff like that. But, you know, we were pulling up to the house and, and, you know, he was sitting there and he was just kind of like quiet the whole time. And it was really the first time that him and I ever had like a heart to heart conversation. That was the first time. It was the only time, the only time him and I ever had a heart to heart conversation. And before he got out of the car, uh, fuck. Um, before he got out of the car, I told him that he needs to, do whatever that he needs. He needs to do whatever it is and whatever it takes to make sure that he makes it right with Cynthia because like, Cynthia was the only person that would ever be able to put up with him. And Cynthia is probably the only person that is ever going to love him as much as, you know, somebody could. And that that's just not something that you get every day. And I told him, I was like, you're going to, push the wrong people away one day and they're not going to come back. And I hope that you're prepared to deal with that. And he kind of just like sat there and just got out of the car and I don't know what happened, but, um, I, I, I guess he must've changed his mind about things because he started looking into doing like the insurance and started looking into like going to therapy or whatever it was. But I mean, whatever it was, it wasn't enough, but it was enough for the moment. Well, it wasn't, that it wasn't enough. It was that he was sick. Um, 
I remember, so I never knew the details of that conversation until now. Um, I knew like kind of the overview of it, but um, I remember Matt being like surprised that Dan was like an insightful human being that like, wow. I mean, no. I, mean, I wouldn't, give, I wouldn't give that much credit. All right, let me just Oof. let me just, just like, rude. pump the brakes on that. Hold up. All right, this. I was just in like, that case. I re I remember him saying things, and I was like, "You act like he's a little kid, and he's not a little kid. Like he's your brother, but like stop treating him like you're his. Like 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 you're both still little kids. Yeah. It was like definitely eye opening for Matt in that he was just like, Dan said some stuff. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I said. said some stuff. Like, <laughs> what do you. But Dan said some stuff that kind of stuck with him because he said what he needed to say to keep me around because I was not going to stay around. Um, and. Uh, I thought it was over that night when I drove away. Um, what did from the what, what did he say to you after that? I don't remember. Did he say anything <laughs> meaningful to you? Like not not about like what I said to him, but I mean like just to you. Um, I don't remember, but I remember it wasn't like it was a few days from that that he said. We do need to talk to my parents and would you do that for me like he was like i don't think i can but can you do it and i was like i can do it like um i don't mean to i, I don't mean to be that guy please guys please continue on with this discussion but i uh everybody that listens to this podcast knows how important my family is mm -hmm. and it is getting late i am going to call my family brady's on the oh, brady's yeah. on west coast so he's trying i'm to, on the west he's trying to catch so, uh, he's trying um, to catch his daughter's bedtime Got yeah. It. So, Cynthia, please join us again sometime. Of course. Um, I, we would love to have you back on. Dan, um, you, we might have found a replacement for you. Thanks. Um, but <laughs> good, thing, good thing you can't see me. <laughs> uh oh. Um, <laughs> no, um, Cynthia, honestly. I, was it? No, no, don't, don't. I don't want him to turn his camera on now. Um, but no, Cynthia, it's it's been a great conversation. I, I really do yeah. look forward to listening to the rest of the rest of this myself. Um, like I said, please come back on at some point, and especially not just for for a woman's perspective, but also for you know, you, it's your profession too. I mean, it's always it's always good to get the get the professional opinion as well. Yeah. Um, try try to lay off, you know, telling everybody I'm crazy, but um, you're crazy. <laughs> Dan does that does that enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, uh, my brother, I, I wish I could stay a little bit longer, but like, I mean, like I said, I it's know. the, you know, it, given the decision between my family and pretty much anything, I'm choosing my family. Wow. So, um, cheers. cheers, have a good night guys. Dan, love you brother. And, um, I will talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, it's my podcast. Too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Thanks for sticking around. Oh. Yeah, I, I tried to. Yeah. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Let's talk to you later, man. Okay. 
too, but you have to put your camera on because, like, I'm just <sighs> looking at D. Okay, let me see if I can put my camera on here. <laughs> I don't know if it'll will it boot my camera. No, I guess. Oh, the whole time I was thinking that I was going to boot my camera off. That's why I didn't do it. <laughs> Fuck, I'm an idiot. Anyway, that's okay. So yeah. I like, I don't know, like. You, you and I have had conversations on the side about stuff and I've probably overshared some things with you and, uh, I don't, I don't like, I don't know. What do you mean overshare? Like there, maybe not over to me. It's oversharing because I don't talk about stuff like (laughs) anyway, we're going to ignore that. (laughs) So like, I don't know. Like there's like the only there's things that I have told you that probably only Taylor and, and Brady know. Like that's it. You know, like some of our conversations, like I've I've shared those conversations. Like one of the last like the big con like the last massive conversation that you and I had about Matt, we had just kind of like moved in here and um I think I can't remember. I guess I can't remember if the baby came yet or not, but no, you were mm, about to be maybe. And, you know, I, I told you that like, um, during that same time period that he was going through stuff, I was going through stuff and I was angry because I felt like if he would just talk to me, that maybe him and I could have helped one another. But at the same time, I, I didn't go and talk to him about it, but uh, I knew that he was going through things. I knew that he was struggling and yeah. I tried to reach out and like talk to him, but he just didn't want anything to do with it. I remember one time I was at work. Um, well, like, and like I said, like, you know, I, it wasn't like, I remember the, I, I called the police and your mom because I was scared uh, he would hurt himself multiple times. So it wasn't like it was like a one-time thing. Um, and it was like over the years and from the from pretty early on <clears throat> in meeting him. And um I remember being at work once and you texted me about being scared about Matt. Um, and I assured you that nothing would happen. And, um, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Um, but I, um, I remember Matt always said that I would, he was like, I won't, I wouldn't do anything while my mom was alive. Well, that was a lie. Yeah, that was a lie. Um, That is also something I learned from Matt, is that when someone's depressed um, so deeply that don't trust them or believe them. Um, Because that was, I always fell back on that. He won't do that to his mom. He won't do that to his mom. He said he won't do that to his mom. He won't do that to his mom. I think he asked mom one time for permission. Oh God! Don't tell me. I that. think, and I, I think I remember her saying that, that that night. That night that you know he decided that he was gonna leave. I know that he like reached out to. He called her. 
he called her yeah on the phone yeah friend she was talking to somebody and said i'll like call you back in a few minutes and he was like okay and he reached out i think to like nathan i think he reached out to a few people and it wasn't like people ignored him they were just like oh i can't really do anything today man like i'm watching a movie with whatever yeah no because so like and georgia kind of explained it well because um george was like i remember being like just upset and saying like wishing that like i had done something different and he was like cynthia he was upset that he wouldn't wake up and drink four loco with him like he's he wasn't rational he wasn't thinking right and it's true like but it was like is that what he was mad about that's kind of that's what he said at the time like he want he was mad because george couldn't hang out because it was his daughter's birthday uh, nathan couldn't hang out because he was at a caps game and i was fucking tired and passed out and not staying up to drink with him how dare you <laughs> <laughs> like that's what i don't understand like the, it, it's such like a because you don't petty you it's so petty it well it wasn't petty it was he was ill he was sick he was bipolar like it didn't make sense because it doesn't have to make sense he was sick none of it makes sense no it doesn't. I don't think it ever that, will. No, it doesn't. I don't think it ever will. Nope. And I'm not. I'm not trying to be cynical about it. It's just. I think it's just the reality of it. I think that this whole like everybody keeps telling people that like uh you know, it gets easier, it gets better, and you know you'll be okay. It's bullshit though because it's it doesn't get easier. You just learn to deal with stuff. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't do. it doesn't get better. You just find ways to not think about it. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, uh, not maybe maybe it gets better in a way where not every little thing triggers you anymore. But I mean, I, when he when he died, I went from oh, I need to like I need to take care of everything around the house now because like mom and dad were not okay, and I was like I need to do extra around here because I know they're not they're not okay. So I would ignore it and then it would be time to go to bed. And I was like, I don't want to go to sleep because I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to see things that I don't want to see because I, my mind is racing and I don't want to deal with it, you know? So I would stay up and drink all night, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I ever learned how to, process it and then maybe it's my own fault because i never talked about it with anybody like i'd come at i come at you with like at the most random times of day and i'd be like why the fuck did he do this shit and you're like i don't i don't know and i'm like it doesn't make sense like that's not good enough like i need an answer and i'm not you're never gonna get an answer you know also like that was part of Matt's problem like like it it wasn't kind of normalized to talk about in your house yeah and that's not your parents like it's not carol and jerry's fault like that's how they were raised like i feel was like it, was it more mom or was it more dad 
I don't think it was either or. I think it, I think it was just that they didn't know. Like, I think if they knew better, they would do better. Because dad is not the same person that he was in 2012. Yeah. Like, Jerry in 2023 is not the Jerry of 2012. He's not. You know, he's the way that he is with, you know, with the baby. It's different. And there's a time where, you know, like, I... I told Taylor, I was like, you know, if it, maybe if, if he was as caring as he was now, as he was back then, I, things would have been a lot different. And maybe that's unfair. And looking at it, I think that's unfair because I think it's just misdirected, like misdirected anger and but grief. It's, and it's 20, it's hindsight 2020. Yeah. Right? Like, I, he learned from that yeah and i think it's it's me trying to it's me being angry and upset and just trying to point the finger at something to try to make sense right but dan he changed because he still has a son yeah i don't think you would have changed if you weren't around i always said that he didn't he didn't really change until taylor came around well, she kicks people's ass and that kind of life. Yeah, kind of. I, I, but I don't think he, when she started, when we started dating and, he, and she started coming around, he was different then. And I don't know if it was, you know, maybe him trying to do things differently or, or whatever it was or, you know, whatever it was about Taylor, it made him be different. And uh, I've always said that, you know, uh, if it wasn't for her, I don't think he would be the way that he is today. He's definitely different. And I, I remember also like, uh, because, <clears throat> you know, ah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hold on. Wait, <laughs> Where, Oh, I can't see you. You can't see me. Did you turn your camera oh, off? There you go. Um, I'm trying to like prop my camera up. <laughs> um, uh, um, at one point I had to talk to the police because they were investigating the death. And um, I was at your house when that happened. And because I pretty much lived at your house for like a week or two weeks after Matt died and um, they called and pretty much like questioned me about <clears throat> what happened and that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. But it was really upsetting to me because I felt like it was really cut and dry because <clears throat> I, I knew the ins and outs. I knew like untreated bipolar leads to suicide a lot of the time. And he left a note and they found what they found. And like, why was this still a question? And they were like, I felt like they were trying to trick me about like what our text messages were like. And I was like, 
why would I lie about this? And I was just so upset about the phone call. And he took the phone and was just like, this, this, like, what are you trying to like, no, like he shut it down. I remember mom was like, Jerry, get the phone. And he took it from me and just like shut it down. And that was not a Jerry. I felt like Matt knew. I think think there's a lot of him that neither one of us knew. Yeah. And, um, Like, I, I just, like, that, the, the next day, and when he came and, like, put his arm around me and said, like, he's the reason we had her, him, as long as we did, and she gave us an extra, like, 10 years of Matt, like, I was just like, oh, like, I, I didn't think that I was that important to Matt or I don't know but it just was like oh to me like it was very surprising for me to hear that especially out of anybody's mouth but Jerry's yeah and um Like, even at Madison's party, and Charlie got hurt. He was the one that rushed over to me, and Charlie. And he said, I know he was scared, but he might have gotten hurt. And he checked his fingers. Yeah. And, like, that's... I wish that Matt knew that side of him. Um, I, I think there was a lot of similarities between Matt and Jerry that I wish they had been able to talk about. And I think that 2023 Jerry would, but that wasn't possible back then um but there was um i wrote a a facebook message to carol um because matt said um it must have not been long after her birthday dinner because he said okay we need to talk to my parents but i don't think i can do it can you do it and i was like yeah I'll do. And there weren't any like limitations. He was just like, can you just tell them what's going on? And so I wrote a letter and, um, well, I wrote a Facebook message um, and said, like, sometimes I'm afraid to come home because I'm scared I'm going to find him dead. And sometimes, like, he doesn't shower for weeks. And sometimes, like, you know, we have a problem like and i need and he needs help and we need help and um <clears throat> i went to lunch with mom and she um 
I think she thought that I was like doing it in secret from Matt. And Matt was like, I kept saying like, no, Matt wants, like Matt wanted me to do this. Like he knows I'm doing this. Um, and she told me stuff about Jerry that was like similar stuff that Matt had going on. Um, and Matt was like, how come nobody told me that? Like, how come nobody told me that that was like, my dad had the same problems as me. And um, I didn't have the answers because I didn't know because I thought that that was common knowledge. Like, I didn't think Carol was telling me any like deep, dark secrets at lunch at the corner bakery. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't. <laughs> like, and so I remember we were leaving Chipotle um, because he either lived at Wendy's or Chipotle. And um, I was like, well, like, you know, she said this about, like, you know, that's common between you and your dad. And he was like, the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, um, what do you mean? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like, your mom said that your dad, and he was just super pissed off. And it was just like, why doesn't anybody talk? Like, how come nobody knows this? Like, well, there's things that like Taylor knows that uh, I know now, but there were things that mom would tell her and I would be like, why is she telling you this stuff and not telling me <laughs> this stuff? Like, yeah. I don't like, I'm not mad that she, that she was talking to her. Cause I mean, like, cause her and mom get a lot like fantastic. Right. And like, yeah. you know, her and dad, you and her, like, I, I never would have imagined a million years that you and Taylor would have the relationship that you do. Like you guys, <laughs> like you, like the fact that you talk all the time and, you know, it, like, it's great. Like it's, it's fantastic. Hours without hearing from Taylor. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> to like reconnect with Taylor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so like she's she's getting information from mom about stuff and i'm like and who's who like when was i gonna find out and she's like well i'm telling you now i'm like that's great i appreciate that thanks why the hell is nobody in my family telling me this shit like why am i figuring this shit out third hand like that's the part like that always bothered me was i don't get the the like the kitty gloves or just the not wanting to talk to anybody like it doesn't make sense to me especially now, especially with everything that went, went on. Like, I don't get it. But that was how, and that's how Matt, not but, but, and that was how Matt felt too. Like, and I think that's a generational thing. I think that's a thing, like, you don't talk about this. Like, and for me, that was a big push and pull for why I got involved with AFSP is because I wanted people to know to talk about it. Like it's okay to talk about. Um, and um, I lost my train of thought completely, but um, I was going to go somewhere with that. I don't remember. About talking, <laughs> about just talking about stuff. Yeah, just, um, <clears throat> but it, it was, it was, I, I remember like because I didn't think that it was any secret what we talked about at lunch because I I told Matt before I went to lunch what I was gonna say what I was gonna say 
Um, and so afterwards, when like I was just like, kind of, this is what happened, and he was just kind of like, well, I didn't know any of that. So I was like, I think, well, <laughs> I think, no, you I, I could be wrong, and I don't know if I don't know if she's still watching. Taylor was watching, and I don't know if she still is, but and I might be misquoting this, but I think if I remember right, she told me that mom had talked to her and told her that, Oh yeah. Like we found empty bottles in, in Dan's room. And I was like, nobody was going to bring that up. Like you were just going to let me just keep drinking my life away. Like, and I mean, I guess to be fair, maybe, maybe it was just like, maybe they thought like, Oh, that's just the way that he's coping. Cause I wasn't like going out really like anywhere. And if I went out, I was going out with friends and I didn't drive. Like I wasn't driving home and drinking. I was staying with somebody like staying at a friend's house or they would drive and drop me off or I would just be home in the basement. Like I went out with you once we went to glory days. Yeah. And I was like shit faced drunk. Like, yeah. Sobbing. You, you took the hard like vodka drinks. And I was just like, like you were like, you got what I mean, like that was, I think it was was needed probably. I mean, yeah, it was, was, but I, I, I remember, (laughs) so Matt was like teaching me to play the guitar. Um, and, uh, I was really bad at it. Did I ever tell you that I saw a medium after he died? No. I saw two mediums two of them. after he died. Two of them. Um, and so um, the one that I felt was like actually. Legit. Yeah, legit. She was in Scotland. We Skyped. And. Um, How does that work? I thought you had to be like in front of one another. Don't they like, we don't on- they like do all like the things and. No, there were no tarot cards or things like that. Just like, was it like, we just talked. And I, she didn't know, like, she didn't know Matt's name. So she couldn't Google, like, the death. And she um, didn't know, she, she didn't know anything. Um, but then when we were talking, um, she said something about a guitar and she said, I hear a guitar or something like that. And I said, yeah, he was teaching me to play guitar. And then she giggled. And I was like, what? And she was like, you weren't very good. And I was like, God damn. Was he teaching you, was like, was he teaching you Bon Jovi? He was teaching me, well, he was teaching me a lot of things. But one of the last songs he sang to me was the Bon Jovi um, song that I like sobbed in the car that, after we like. What was the, um. Wanted it, it was like wanted dead or alive. It was um the because we watched Deadliest Catch, and that is a theme song for Deadliest Catch. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> mom, also- mom had a recording of that on one of her old iPhones, and it got deleted. Oh, I have it. Do you have it? I do. You have should it. send that to her because she would love it. I have that. Yeah. I don't know um, what computer it's on, but I have it because of that. Um, so what, I, what else did the medium say? I didn't, I, I didn't listen to it all the time because he, he wouldn't let me record it without me also singing. 
and so <laughs> oh where's that part can we get that cut <laughs> um but um yeah so she like laughed and was like you're not very good and i was like what i mean she was like he said you're not very good and i was like yeah that is what he said all the time um and it was just like she said things that like he said like the way he said them and i was just like what like how do you know that um so i i it did i felt like it brought me a little bit of closure um in doing that and i would do it again in a heartbeat um because I, I miss him. I still miss him every day. He's my best friend and I, um, he just got me and knew me in a way that nobody else ever has. And I miss being seen that way. And I love my life now, and I love my husband and my kids. And I always hold a place for Matt, yeah. too. And, um, he's, he's just a part of who I am. He's a part of my story, and I refuse to erase him from it. Um, and that's something that I really love about Robbie is that he doesn't make me. Um, he comes to Madison's birthday party. <laughs> he comes to Christmas at the house and he lets me still love Matt. And um, I remember when I started the date after Matt died because <clears throat> It was also super terrifying for me. Um, not only was like the Huffs hating me, was that um, at the funeral, somebody, <laughs> I don't even know who it was, but she hugged me and go, told me about how she lost her spouse. And it was 10 years to the day that she started dating somebody. And I was like, um, I won't be able to have kids then. <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot be that person. Like, I cannot, um, like, I cannot be Matt's widow for, like, 20 years. Like, I love him, and I'm mad he's dead, and I'm mad he's not the rest of my life, but, like, I can't be his widow for 20 years because then I won't have a life, and he will haunt me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> because that was always his thing was like he felt like he was holding me back or um I had a birthday once that like a bunch of my friends we went to a bar and he was total dick the whole night and I didn't understand like what the fuck why are you acting like that um because 
the guy you are presenting to my friends is not the guy that you are. And my friends were like, who the hell is this guy? And why are you dating him? Um, and it was awful. And um, I feel like it was really more deep, deep-seated, like, anxiety and, like, just mental health issues. Like, he felt like he should have had a better job or and that he felt like he should have, like, crossed off X, Y, and Z or had a college degree. And, like, my friends didn't care about that. They cared about whether or not you were being a decent human being at your girlfriend's birthday party. Like, and he was too focused on the fact that, like, he didn't have a college degree and he didn't have... So, like, my friends were going to think that I should get better than that when, like, they cared more about you were just acting like a tool at the bar. Like, um, and that happened with my family, too. Um, I remember, like, trying to explain to my mom, like, he feels like it, like, he... He, he didn't come around because he didn't feel like it was important. He didn't come around because he was embarrassed. Um, he didn't come around because he felt like he should have more to show for himself. Uh, he didn't come around because he felt like you would disapprove. And <clears throat> I remember like talking to my mom and her eyes being like, oh, like that makes more sense. Um, but it, I feel all goes back to kind of mental health and getting treatment and um, talking about it because it, it just, I wish he could have felt some peace and I wish he could have had that a little more normalized. Um, but he, I know how alone he felt and I know how um, just bad he felt because how well he could talk about it. Um, that's why I wasn't so mad at first um, I was still surprised and I was still shocked and I still like had no idea that's what was happening that night um I came home that day from work and he had showered. He was dressed. Like, there should have been signs to me. But I didn't know that um, he had gone to lunch with your parents. He had, like, I made his favorite dinner. Um, Macaroni and cheese. It actually was 
macaroni and cheese. It was a shrimp orzo that I actually have not made ever since. Um, and he, like, I thought I was like, I came home and he was dressed, he was showered. I was like, okay, we're on, we're on the path. We have an appointment Monday. Like it's going to be okay. And, um, Maybe it was because he woke me up in the middle of the night that I didn't, like, put it together. But it, I think all the time about why I didn't know what was happening when it happened. Um, but I didn't. Um, when I look back now, I see all the flags and all the reasons why or where I could have stepped in and stopped it and... I just, it didn't, and I'm grateful that you and mom and dad don't point that finger at me. I don't think they, they were never going to point the finger at you. I mean, neither was I. It's not, it wasn't your fault. I mean... <laughs> You you weren't you weren't a per there was no there wouldn't would have benefited anything to blame you. I mean it was not your fault. Right? Yeah. I, when you're in it, you think about how you could have stopped it. And I mean, that's what I think about every time when he pulled up yeah. in the driveway and Jake's losing his mind in the cage. If I had went downstairs, I would have sold the truck. Yeah. You know, I would have known that something was wrong. Yeah. Maybe if I texted him a little bit more. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. I felt like I could. I would. You. I always feel like that. There's more that I could do, and I. I just. I hated the fact that. I hated the fact that he just felt like he couldn't talk to me. Then I felt. After you guys, after you drove him home that one night, he was like seeing your relationship in such a different light. Um, but I think he didn't know how to do that. Um, and it wasn't because he didn't want to or because he didn't care or it was because he didn't know how. And um, it's not less shitty of him. But, but to me, those are all terrible excuses. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but fuck. Yeah. Um, I always find her brother, and like I always hated that. Like you didn't come over. Like that. Like it wasn't like. Like, I always hated that, like, hey, we sit around and watch football on a Sunday. Like, why don't we invite your brother? Or, like, that it, it just, it's not like we invited my sisters, but I feel like he didn't know. It, it was, I feel like it, 
your parents didn't know how to talk about it and therefore you guys didn't know how to talk about it and it, it made it shitty all around yeah um he told me one time about how because mom worked in a school like at the college center and that he she was at school one day and he was just not okay and he stopped her in the middle of the hall and said i'm not okay um and i don't know what she said he told me but i don't remember and it just it wasn't what he wanted or needed and i don't think she knew what he wanted or needed but i don't think that she was raised to to know how to talk about it either to recognize what he was saying that he needed help and i feel like mental health issues start for for people a lot in high school and college age and if your parents don't know how to identify it and talk about it and get you what you need, then it leads to bigger problems if you can't do it yourself. And if you're mentally ill, you can't do it yourself. And uh, that was a big part of why I wanted to be involved with AFSP and why I became, um, at that point, um, the education chair because I didn't want other high school kids to feel how Matt did and to feel like I don't want parents to feel like they didn't know how to answer their kid when they had problems like Matt did because if you can have the conversation then then maybe it would be different. And I don't want anybody listening to think that I blame mom and dad because I don't. I think it's just how mental health was normalized and approached by different generations. And <clears throat> I think that that's our job and making it more normalized and making it okay to not be okay and to talk about that and to make sure that help is more accessible so that there doesn't have to be a story that's similar to Matt's. Nobody else has to have a story that's like ours. <clears throat> ways that could have gone differently for Matt. It's not just <clears throat> parents. It's not just me. It's not just you. Um, I think that It's like a million different ways. And I think the more we talk about it, 
the more people learn and the more become okay with talking about it. Um, and that's why I've like never been afraid to talk about that. Um, even though I think that um, he would come back and murder me for saying all that I say. <laughs> Um, because he was intensely private. Um, he protected that ferociously. Um, I remember even I put like, like my Gmail, like at one point was a picture of me and him and he emailed me and saw it. I was like, take that down now. Like, what a, I don't what a Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I took that because I was like, are you embarrassed of me? And I was like, not about that at all. He just didn't want to be found online. And yeah. But he was a little bit of a weirdo, but. That was like that's like the photo you shared of him sleeping. Yes. <laughs> I and I share it every now and then too. And he would he would lose his absolute shit if he if he knew that we had that picture and we were spreading it around. You know what's I, I remember you telling Taylor one time, um, and I'll I'll start wrapping it up because we we could sit here all night and talk about this. Yeah. And I remember one time I think you told Taylor that like Something about like if you smelled cigarette smoke, it was Matt or something like that. And I always kind of like it was something like that, right? Yeah, um, I can pick out his cigarettes like in a crowd. Like I can tell if somebody's smoking the cigarettes that he smokes. So one time I, I can't remember if it was here or Woodbridge, but one time like we could smell cigarette smoke, and I was like, "Oh, Matt's here!" And I remember one time. <laughs> This was like, I think like last week we were sitting upstairs and Taylor was like, she was like, do you smell cigarette smoke? And I was like, not today, ghost Matt, not today. Like we're not doing that. And like the wild, like the weirdest thing was that I was watching, I was looking at Matt on the um, baby monitor and she like, lately she's been a little like rambunctious at bedtime. So she kind of goes through her own routine when we put her in the crib and she was sitting there and like she was moving around and kind of like talking to herself and she stood up and she looked over like this and she goes like that. Right. Like she's saying bye. And as she did that, this little, little white thing goes like across the camera and I'm looking at it and I look back down at like where she's at. She's asleep. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not like, I'm torn on stuff like that, but I'm like, sometimes there's just some things that I'm just like, I can't explain. And it's like, like to me, it's like, I have this little like notion of my mind where I'm like, you know, maybe he's making his rounds or, you know, like something like that or, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck you, man. (laughs) Like, Like you, you could also just be here. You don't have to like try to creep me out, but you know, but that's okay. (laughs) There was something that happened one night and it was like really fucking creepy because 
um, it happened to Madison and then like Taylor texted me and then like five minutes later, Charlie did the same fucking thing. When was this? I don't remember, but we were like, uncle Matt is visiting. Like it was really weird. Um, but I do, I, I, um, I, there was after Matt died, I made a trip to Virginia beach and on the way home, a Monte Carlo. All the way home. All the way home. All the way home. All the fucking way home. And those aren't like super common cars. Not that year, no. And um, I, while I was like, it was like pretty much until um, Robbie and I got married. I felt like anytime I was having a hard day or I felt unsure of myself or whether or not I was like, knew what I was doing with my life, there would always like on those days, I would always, there would always be a Monte Carlo. And I always felt like it was not saying like, you just do your thing. Um, Cause when I, lived with him at one point I was working <laughs> I had this horrible horrible job but I was working for Fairfax County so I felt like I kind of had made it because I had the county benefits but it was a horrible job because I was just processing Medicaid applications <laughs> which is miserable it is not a job of a social worker and um, I had wanted to be a school social worker and I just remember crying every night how that would never happen and that just told me every night like you just keep doing what you're doing it's gonna happen you're doing like you just keep doing what you're doing you're paving your path and you're gonna get what you want you just keep paving your path you keep doing the right thing you keep making these choices you're a good person you're doing the right thing and the right thing will happen for you and now I'm a school social worker. And I remember when I got that job, I heard like in the back of my head, I heard Matt going at a girl, you got it. Like you just keep doing what you're doing because that's what he always told me. And um, so whenever I'm having those hard days, and I feel like I just get a sign from him that he, he's still looking out and had a girl. Keep doing what you're doing. And um, that really keeps me going a lot. Um, I just. He'd be proud. Thanks. He'd be really proud. I don't know if I ever had any of the, I don't think I have any of those moments with him, sadly. I had a lot of stop touching my shit, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that could be a moment. Yeah. That could be a is. moment. But <laughs> um I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. You're gonna have to come back later and we'll we can yeah. we can do it again, you know. Or we can talk about random stuff. It don't matter. I think yeah. Taylor wants to come on too. So maybe one day, maybe one day it's you and Taylor that does it. 
Yes, we take over. We could, yeah, we could do a, a takeover for a day and let you guys do it and handle it. But I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. And I know we ran into some technical issues before, so we would have been done a long time ago. But <laughs> we don't know. I'm, I mean, we Brady and I say it all the time. We're not professionals. We're trying to figure this out as we go. And you know, like the like the video thing, like that was something that I figured out how to do like i don't know what i'm doing like we've been doing this for almost two years and i just figured out how to do that stuff so like i i don't know like i don't know what i'm doing but it's working whatever we're doing is working so but so i appreciate you coming on and i just you know you know that you like mom and dad love you i love you and um you know there's nothing there's nothing that you could do that would make us think that there's nothing there's nothing that you could do that would change like that would make us change that like the way we feel and you know you're Taylor, Taylor, you know, oh, because like I don't know sometimes how to like refer to you, and she's like, "That's your sister," like that's just your. I'm like, okay, fine, like that's you know, like that's how it is. So, um, but yeah, I'm 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 glad that you decided that you wanted to do this, and my sister, uh, like, well, you know, my sister-in-law, and you know, my brother, and they're like. You don't have a brother, and I'm like, well, I do have a brother. <laughs> it's a long. It's just easier just to yeah. say sister because it's a long story, and it's like, do you yeah. really want to know this? Because it's gonna, right. it's gonna take a little while. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you might as well sit down, order some pizza. This is gonna take a bit. Let's start from right. the top. Right. Um, I appreciate you guys coming out to the birthday too. And sticking around, you guys are gonna have to come down more often. I mean, you can bring you can bring the two the uh, two hooligans with you too. They were they were they were enjoyable. They were that day. That day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm two emails from Ben Steers, but that was a good oh my god. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on and everything, and hopefully, you come back and do it again. I would love to. I think we've figured out the technical difficulty, so it wouldn't take us long next time. Yeah, that, I but. hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I love you. Love you. And the rest of the night. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh. Uh, thank you, everyone who has stuck around, who reached out, who, you know, was looking, I, I know it took a little while, but we got there. Um, Brady had to jump off, as you guys know, you know, he family for him is first and it should be for everyone. Um, we will be back in a few weeks. Uh, we might be doing an in-person uh, recording when I go out to the West coast for uh, work purposes, but um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And we have some details about a charity stream coming up. Um, I think we have details. We started with details. I don't know if we got anywhere, but that's just how we do it here. So, <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for uh, sticking around and, and listening. And for those of you that'll hear this on the Spotify and everything else, um, please don't forget to like and follow subscribe and all that. Uh, and again, this has been an episode of men in your life, unapologetically human, uh, and as always, it's okay to not be okay.